Previously on the Damage Guild podcast. Young Umber Hulk goes flying up into the air and then slams into the ground and slides to the edge of the pit before coming to a stop. You confidently lead the party down the tunnels. Yes. Going full speed tracking this Umber Hulk. You think you can hear it breathing up ahead. As soon as I see its butt, I just take a shot. The Umber Hulk rears back and collapses to the side, shaking the cavern. Yes! Oh, <laughs> yes! Success! Thank you, Space, for a job well done. It is my pride and honor to work on such nice gear. Well, Space, take all the time that you need. We're going to go on vacation. We're going to check out the lava tubes. Just add some of your, like, dwarven flair to it. I I fully trust your creative liberty on this. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, and we're going to be at a different hotel every single night, so don't try to find us. I'm excited that the armor's being made. Why don't we rest up? I need some sleep. Ditto on that. You spend the next few days going from tavern to tavern, spending the night at different inns, wandering around town trying not to draw too much attention and trying not to be found by whoever is tracking you. You eventually return to Space Workshop, and you see, sitting on the rack in front of you, your completed suit of armor. It's been nicely polished, shined up, and looks brand new with everything that's been added to it. You can still see the original armor underneath it, but it has so many additions and extra layers and so much more stuff to it. Oh, man, I like yeah. extra stuff to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just, all three of us look at it, and Stripey, too, we're just like, Ooh, wow. It's so beautiful. I couldn't, didn't imagine it could be so... Can I see my face in it? Is it so shiny I see my face in it? I look... Yes, see your face reflected in the breastplate. <gasps> wow. Space, you've you've really outdone yourself. You have. This is some of your finest work. Ah, it's nothing. <laughs> Tokus, you see a piece of parsley stuck in your teeth. <laughs> oh, I, I I try to pull it out. Yeah, you, okay, you got it. I think even even Shaba sheds a tear at the beauty of this fine hmm. masterpiece. It has the full bassinet helmet and. Nice little gadgetry on the arms to attach your vital pole, place to hang your whip, everything. Dude, with you in this armor on top of Petunia, you're going to be a regular Don Quixote, my friend. (laughs) I don't know if she's going to be able to support me anymore in this. How much does this weigh so I can add that to my character sheet? Oh, man. How much does it weigh? Wow, it's a lot, I imagine. Also, it takes me longer to get into this. I was looking that up the other day. It takes yes. me more time to get into the armor now. <laughs> yes, oh, it does. Bet. They say plate is 65 pounds. That's way less than what it really is, isn't it? That's way more than what it really is. <laughs> oh. Well, I would love for you to look that up and give me the actual number thing, because this is relevant to our adventure. It's also gnome-sized. Also, so. the fact that you're a gnome and not a full human would make it smaller. I am excited that it's got these extra features, and it's got kind of like that dwarvish flair to it as well. Oh, yeah. It's a beaut. Maybe for your eight gold buy-in, Shaba, you get to, like, sign the tag on the inside or maybe, like, you're, like, a sponsorship <laughs> sticker. It's just your face going, like, <laughs> you get to, like, advertise on the backside of the, the armor. <laughs> I'm going to say it's 40 pounds for you. Sweet. I mean, real plate armor can weigh up to 65 pounds, but that's really on the high end. Yeah, this says a, com- a complete suit of plate armor made from well-tempered steel would weigh around 33 to 55 pounds. 
Yeah. That's Google. I'll take it. I'll take it 40. I'll take it as 40. My own game rules have it at 45, which is right mm. in the middle of that range. Mm. Hey, as light as you want to make it, I'm totally down because we're about to go on a mission that that's very relevant. <laughs> D&D has been has a history of bad weights for all sorts of equipment. Hmm. All through many editions, especially for weapons and armor. It's very unrealistic. So you have your new set of armor. We put it on, everything fits, it's comfortable, you can move nice and freely in it, at least as far as armor goes. Wow, it's awesome. Ah, man. How do you feel, Tokus? Yeah, try this out. Can you even believe it? I I feel like 500 gold pieces right now. I mean, it's just unbelievable. (laughs) I bet. I feel like walking, talking, like I may not have any money. But I feel like money right now. I feel like I'm walking, talking, <laughs> money. And, like, Tokus, like, waves goodbye to Spaeth and everybody else and just, like, walks around the town and is just like, yeah, hey, this is this is plate mail. Hey, what do you think? <laughs> hey, Spaeth made it for me. And I'm, like, advertising for Spaeth a little bit. Hey, check this out. You recreate the scene from Spider-Man 3 where he's, like, walking around to, like, the groove music and, like, swiping his hair back and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tokus does. Like, his wig, he, like, swipes his wig back. <laughs> he's, like, pointing at people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, like, uh, I got, like, the jazz music going and I'm just, yeah. like, emo Tokus. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely the most cringeworthy scene. Mm-hmm. It was very cringe. I, I really want to make sure that I keep a decent reputation, some, a reasonable reputation in Glass Rock, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, decent is a little bit of a high bar for you. Yeah, if, I op- if I open my mouth, my rating in any city goes down <laughs> immediately. Yeah, mm-hmm. speaking of Spider-Man, for the, the new one that's coming out uh, next year with Tom Holland as Spider-Man, a- A.K.A. with Sean Abrams as Spider-Man. <laughs> the two villains in it are Doc Ock, played by the same actor who played Doc Ock Ooh. in the Tobey Maguire movie, and Electro, played by Jamie Foxx, who played Electro in the uh, Andrew Garfield version of Spider-Man. Oh, wow. So three generations of Spider-Man coming together in a single Dang. movie. Dang. That's insane. cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Pretty I'm excited. Crazy. And with that, we'll see you next time on the Damage Girl. <laughs> We're going to end on a movie reference. <laughs> no, but it's like, okay, so we, we got the armor. Now I have to shut up about the armor. Fine. But now what? What are we doing next? Well, you can have a, a little while to bask in its glory, certainly, before you shut up about it. <laughs> I am excited. I got, to, I got to bump up my armor class. But yes, what are you doing next? We build a banana stand. That's right. We're going. We're headed to Nafton to build a banana stand. <laughs> this only occurs to me after we spent all that time, like trying to upgrade me. If I just found a shield of plus one, I would be at the same armor class right now. <laughs> but let's not have those thoughts. Let's but now you can find a shield plus one and stack no. it with your twenty. Yeah, that's true. Well, we'll have to find one of the the them shields. There's also the people up north, right? The wizards. In the tower. Tokus. What? Do we want to go find your people? You could go see Mernie. We could see Mernie and your gnomes. Oh, yeah. The green tower. We're in the neighborhood, sort of. We are. We're much more in the neighborhood here than we will be if we go all the way back to the net. Yeah. I mean, now that I'm super poor, but look shiny, I'm ready to see them. (laughs) But what better way to strike out and search for your wealth than amongst your own people? Yeah. I would like to see Mernie. What he could do. Maybe he could show me a thing or two. Yeah. Let's see the gnomes. Tokus, we have to go find the gnomes. 
Well, there's only a certain amount of time we have left before we need to go to Marengar, so the best thing we can do is to stay away from our home base where we're being followed and tracked and so forth by the cult and by Gul'dan and Zestim. Did you want to check in with the Chalk Chunk? You want to check in on our house? Our home base? Yeah. It's probably a good idea if we just get out of Dodge for a little while. Skip town, see some new sights, catch some new vibes, and look for the gnomes. What do you say, guys? Will we be able to level up, though? That's the question. I think if the gnomes have anything to say about it, we will. Hmm. When did you get to level five? Was that just before the goth thing? Uh, five was... Level five was after the goth? Maybe. No, maybe. I don't remember. Well, that's something we can figure out after tonight. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. I mean, I, I could certainly see Tokus leveling up with Mernie and some of those ideas that mm-hmm. if Mernie could teach Tokus those things, mm. that, that one option we were thinking about. Yeah, we're going to the gnome country. Yeah. To the green tower. Right? To the green to the tower. To the green spire. To the, the green, green spire. spire. And since we're going to be on these treacherous mountain passes, let's find a stables in Glassrock to, uh, to house our mounts while we're gone, and then we'll pick them up on the way back to Nanette. All right. Satisfied with your new acquisitions in Glassrock, and worried of the cult and others tailing you, you set off once again on a journey to the Green Spire. For the very first time. <laughs> well, set off once again on a journey to the Green Spire. For the first time, for the last time. We set off as we have many times, but to a new destination. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, we turn around and Glass Rock's in the distance and it's on fire. Like, no, what like the people doing? that were tailing us have just like <laughs> burnt, raised the city looking for us. Uh, no, that doesn't happen. I hope not. Let's do this, boys. The most direct route there would be walking along the trail that follows the Verdant Ridge the entire way. Is that how you intend to go? Would you like, like to stop by any towns or anything along the way? What are our other options? Since you're in the mountains, there aren't a whole lot of roads that head that direction, honestly. You could probably go down away from the mountains and then turn north somewhere farther to the west and then follow it in more of the foothills. That would be a much longer and more roundabout way to get there. But potentially a much safer way Hmm. in terms of not running afoul of foul people and creatures. Things and stuff. If I weren't a ranger, I would be worried about getting lost in the wilderness. But as it so happens... I am a ranger. Don't you have, like, some kind of ability for that or something? I think so. I think somewhere in my abilities there's something about being able to navigate through the wilderness. So I'm just going to say yes. Okay, cool. Uh, And (laughs) um, are we... Do we know where we are in relation to Zestim and Gul'dan? Are we, like, ahead of them? If we head north, will we be in danger of running into them, or did they go ahead of us? From what we know when last we saw them. You were still in Ormog when they passed you, and they were headed east, and you've... I mean, you stayed in Glassrock for a few days, so they could be anywhere. You don't know if they came here, if they split off on some other path. Okay. It's been, you know, more than a week since you saw them, I think. Is the Verdant Ridge east? Like... The same east that they were traveling in? You're currently in the middle of the Verdant Ridge. It is east of where you met them. And the ridge itself And the ridge runs north north to south. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we are headed north now, correct? Yeah. So we should be fairly safe, 
most likely. Should be safe from them, yes. If you chose to go north from here, the more direct route, you could also do a fairly quick stop at Ildrazer if you chose to Mm -hmm. do so, because it's kind of close to the ridge. That was a fun place to be and generally safe, so I would, yeah, totally be up for that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't at all remember wanting to get out of there, like, really badly at the end. Considering it a death trap at all. No. Yeah. I'm just saying it's near your path. It is almost a literal death trap. (laughs) It is as close as you can get to a real one of this. I would be interested to not go inside, but maybe to just check out the surrounding buildings and poke out our head outside, you know, just to see if the dragon's hanging out. (laughs) It'd be interesting to see how the world has evolved since we visited before. I don't think we want to do a dungeon crawl, do we, there? The thing is, to check out the buildings, you have to go inside. Remember the big pit? You have to go down there. No, no, no. There were some buildings surrounding. There were a few scattered ruins, but nothing really standing. Mm -hmm. And I imagine not much has changed, except for the eradication of the kobolds, which was our doing. (laughs) And I'm, I'm sure we've disrupted the food chain in some way. We might run into some circus bears. (laughs) <laughs> That's true. Yeah, maybe the circus bears left there because of the lack of the kobolds' food supply. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think we've probably thrown the ecosystem into a tailspin. As we're returning there, we hear tales from local towns of a dragon running amok, eating children. Yeah, no more kobolds to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've inadvertently caused a food supply shortage. <laughs> now the dragons are preying on the villagers. <laughs> Oh no! What have we done? done? We're always accidentally the bad guys. No. No, wait, that was our last campaign. Um, No, let's let's not stop by Eldrazer, please, and thank you. I I would agree with that general sentiment. So then, what is your plan? Going to follow the ridge? Let's stick with the ridge. The plan is to make up a plan later and follow the ridge now. Uh. Yeah, I'm I'm a direct route kind of person. Let's just get there. And do our stuff, and then go. Yeah, plus I'm not a very good ranger, if we're honest with each that's, other. That's also true. <laughs> so. <laughs> Wait, have I docked your pay yet? I've been meaning to do that. <laughs> no, you haven't, but here you go. Okay, I can give you back pay if you want. <laughs> I just hand you a bunch of gold. Yeah, this is like from probably from like six months. I don't think giving back pay means giving your pay back. <laughs> yeah, that, well, it, I'm giving you pay. You're not giving me back pay. I am giving you back the pay that I received. <laughs> Without expectation of back pay. In fairness, we all have been doing a really poor job. That's true. (laughs) So, none of this turned out the way that you wanted it to, Aslo. Uh, no, basically not a shred of it, yeah. but, uh, but that's business for you. You just gotta, you gotta improvise. You gotta deal with terrible employees. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I've not lived up to my, uh, my promise as a ranger, certainly. I fail pretty much every rangery check that I make when it comes to tracking things down or survivaling. Shaba, you gotta be more positive about yourself. You really turned things around since you stole that bow from Bojo. Yeah, oh no, Tokus, don't get me wrong. I'm great. I'm just not a good ranger. <laughs> I love myself. Just as a person, as a Goliath, I'm awesome. I'm just not very good at rangering. Your confidence is what sold you on this position in the company. <laughs> my confidence is my greatest downfall. Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't, why don't you range us in a general northward direction? I'd do that. Let's take the road, guys. Hey, look, guys, look at this road. 
Oh, good. It's almost as though we could just follow this road and get to where we're going without having to make any ranger checks. That sounds like a, a great idea. <laughs> Let's do that plan. Do we know anything about the Verdant Ridge? Mountains? We know it is verdant. <laughs> um, go ahead and give me a check if you want. I rolled a 19. What kind of check was I making? <laughs> I rolled a 19. What was the check again? History is probably the best one. Oh, yes. Or possibly nature. Either history or nature, depending on what you want to know about it. That's a 26 for Tokus. Wow. wow. Not that good for Aslo. <laughs> okay, so you know that this area has kind of long been the barrier between the somewhat more prosper, prosperous western lands and the less so eastern lands. Ever since the desert began to spread in the east, those lands kind of started to fade away, whereas the west still has access to the sea and everything and lots of trade going through there. So this is a natural barrier between the two. It also blocks a lot of the rain from going over there. It's generally inhabited by dwarves and humans, although you know that most of the dwarves have been kind of driven out of their original homes, as you learned with Ildrazer. Mm. So a lot of them are now on the surface in this area. But if you're walking along the ridge itself, you wouldn't expect to run into very many people. Well, humans always sprout up if you don't call them. Ah, that's true. Sorry to hear that the dwarves have been removed from this sector. Yes, <laughs> unfortunate indeed. That was a very dark tokus thing to say. Ah, well, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, it's been... Happening more often. <laughs> no, it's okay. I agree with you, Tokus. I like dwarves better than humans because they're shorter, and so it's easier to feel superior to them. <laughs> <laughs> Shaba, when did this happen to you? You used to be so, uh... Nice. I I've never liked humans, Tokus. You know that about me. I just... I guess I had this illusion that Shaba was very, like, humble and motherly or... or fatherly. Oh, no, I am, but that doesn't mean I have to be motherly to everyone that I meet. I don't dislike humans. I don't agree with culling them, as you as you put it. <laughs> but I just I just think they're weird. That's all. I just think they're weird. I mean, my one of my best friends in the world is a human, so it's not like I dislike them. But it is, is that, you know, how that works? Because you have a human as a friend? Like, it's okay? You feel as if you understand them? No, no, not at all. I, I don't understand Almar Veckling any more than I understand any other human. It's just for whatever reason we've found common ground. I think most of it is because he took pity on me when I was destitute and in need of some support. And he sold my wares, my goods in his shop, even though they sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's walk on the Verdant Ridge and yep. find out more about its history. Thereby. I think I'm finally seeing the glow of dark energy subsiding from around Tokus now. So. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that was a close one, Tokus. You almost went too far on that one. <laughs> uh, you estimate if you follow the trail, it will take you somewhere between 10 and 14 days to get all the way to the Green Spire. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't know exactly where Murney's house is. You just know it's somewhere around the spire, mm. which... You know, that could be anywhere within several miles, since he wasn't exactly very clear with that. Okay. You do make your way up to the main trail along the top. It's a, actually kind of a tiring climb, because it's much steeper as you get towards the top compared to the rest of this. It's like rolling foothills, and then it gets up to, you know, the Appalachian Mountains? I yes. 
Yes. I do, yes. I know I am. Personally, I'm not just of them. Yes, I know of them, and also I've been in them. We have walked these mountains, <laughs> all four of us at some point, mm-hmm. and some of us still are. That's right. So, the forest goes right up the mountainside, and then at some point it's, it becomes quite steep and has kind of the ridge along the top. So basically you're walking the Appalachian Trail, sort of. Okay. Hmm. Maybe we shouldn't use that in the show. Yeah, the Appalachian Trail is copyrighted, pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> but after a somewhat difficult ascent, you do make it to the top, and you find a small trail that runs north to south along the mountain range. You see that it runs along the top of the ridge wherever possible, with occasional dips onto either face when the terrain there proves more favorable. The path is well-marked, but it doesn't seem to be particularly well-traveled. Many of the signs here are broken or worn, and they likely haven't been replaced in many years. You also pass by several stone markers along the trail that have been here, apparently, since before the fall of the Empire. Wow. Hmm. Ooh. So this trail seems quite old, although uh, the more recent signs have mostly worn away, so it seems like it was probably a more prominent path back then. We should take them with us. They're probably collector's items. Yeah. Stone markers? They're not doing anybody good next to this dumb old trail, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's not like people use them for guidance or anything. Nah. I put them in Tokus's pack. All the stone ones, especially. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, I can't walk. (laughs) Even with an 18 string. I would probably be the only one of us who could carry one of these things. (laughs) Any substantial distance. Actually, let me try. And Tokus rips one out of the ground with one of his gauntlets. (laughs) No, I can't do that. Okay, I don't do that. Most of these markers are two to three feet tall sticking out of the ground and maybe close to a foot across. Kind of pyramid-shaped, the Washington Monument or obelisk. How deep? I want. I want to see how deep in the ground they are. <laughs> <laughs> you could spend several hours trying to dig and pick at the rocks and see if you could pull one out if you so choose. Let's not do that. Yeah, that doesn't seem worth it at all. I'm realizing <laughs> that these probably don't have very much significance. Yes, they're just trail markers for the most part. Yeah, I was kind of being sarcastic about them being collectors' items. Well, do they have any? <laughs> etchings or dwarvish lingo on them? Most of them don't have any writing, but occasionally you find one that does say something on it. Those ones are next to small side trails that lead down one side or the other of the mountain. You can read the signs and they just direct you to some town or whatever that's on the other side of this mountain. (laughs) And then in small print it says Abandon Hope. (laughs) (laughs) If you're not sure that any of the towns that they're referring to necessarily still exist with everything that's happened. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's tarry on, shall we, gents? Indeed. Let's do that. At this point, I think we need a helicopter shot, a la Fellowship of the Ring. Mm, yeah. So that would be nice to insert right here. I Preferably think. the one where they're climbing uh, up to Green Top, I think it's called. Weather Top. Weather Top. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, so just yeah. just for all our listeners, that's happening right now. Close your eyes, uh, unless you're driving. Close your eyes and just visualize <laughs> us on these mountains. Da, and just do a nice pan-around, panoramic. Wow. These mountains are really something, aren't they, guys? They really are. Yeah, man. This is like the most high-budget podcast that we have ever produced, I think. This episode's probably going to be way, way over budget, but it's worth it for the shot. You notice I didn't finish the melody line, therefore it's not copyrighted. That's how that works. So Exactly. There's, we're not infringing. Yeah. The budget went to the 
trip to New Zealand to do all the filming. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> to get that helicopter <laughs> yeah, shot. The airfare <laughs> to get us in those mountainous regions. Oh, yeah, yeah. We go, all four of us go to New Zealand to record this. <laughs> and we try to write it off as a business expense. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had a helicopter shot in our podcast. I swear, IRS, that really happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, despite how small the path is and how old all the signs are, it's still the easiest route along the mountaintop, so you'd have little trouble finding your way and sticking to the path. Up here, as you're walking as high as you are, and with the season, the air is quite chilly, even during the day. Guys, we forgot to bring our winter coats. <laughs> and at night, you can see your breath form into clouds of mist. Mm. Ooh. Mm. But living up to its name, even the top of the Verdant Ridge is covered in trees, which limits your view out down to the eastern and western faces, despite the height at which you're standing. I think at this point I would light the ball of hidden fire and <laughs> insert it into the butt flap of my trousers <laughs> to stay warm. So that as you range ahead of us, we can see the path behind? <laughs> yes, to see a clear path. <laughs> see the path behind, not your behind. <laughs> yeah, it's a great idea. Okay. Good thinking, Shaba. I'm proud of you. Thanks. By the way, you don't have your mounts, right? You left them back somewhere? I think so, yeah. We left them back in Nanept. Yeah. Okay, just double-checking. We left them on Weathertop to be food for the Nazgul. (laughs) 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 Petunia would never make this trip. She's so frail. It's You know, I feed her, and it's like she never gains any strength. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she would be a goner. No doubt. Why bother? When she's not being eaten by Ralph, she lets, she's just not <laughs> eating food, you know? It's like, what do you do with your life? Actually, they're probably taking very good care of her right now. Yeah. You're going to come back and she's gained like 50 pounds? Yeah, it's the longest <laughs> she's ever been confined away from Ralph since we got them, so... True. She's probably thriving. <laughs> right. And then I'm going to get charged by the Ormogian Animal Society when we get back because of Petunia. <laughs> Most likely. Yeah, well, well, we'll pay the fine and be done with it. We're here for the arrest of Tokus Alden for <laughs> animal neglect. So, as I told you before, these higher elevations are only sparsely populated by the civilized races. You do pass by occasional hermits' houses or uh, logging camps and hunters' lodges and those sorts of things. Hermits' houses? We have to stop at every single one of those houses. (laughs) So that we can be their friends, I'm guessing. Hermit's houses are cool. (laughs) They are, like, almost all hoarders, and they have tons of stuff all over the place. Yeah. What if they're ex-adventurers, and they, like Captain Clappen, just have a magical sword chilling on their mantle? Oh, this old thing? Sure, here you go. Here you go. (laughs) (laughs) I've had it hanging over the mantle for years. Plus, I'm sure Thane has prepared names and backstories for every single one of these (laughs) people. So we should definitely check in to make sure that his work is not wasted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll fast track that, but we definitely stop at each one of those houses. Yeah, we invite ourselves in for dinner uh, and for sleeping on their floors. Mm -hmm. I mean, we interview them extensively to make sure they don't have any, you know, magical items. That they're hiding. Yes, we, we yeah. conduct interviews with all of them. We tell them that we're uh, writing a book or something. Right, doing research, the rich tapestries of their histories. All of this content will be available in our uh, bonus episodes. Of, uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. Available only on Patreon to our Steel Level members. 
Finn's like, no, it will not. <laughs> if you want to stop by a house, I'll, I mean, sure, but... No, no, well, I don't want to spend time on the show doing that, but uh, just be it known, we do. We wave at them as we pass by. That would be funny if Thane's bonus mini-arc was literally just us talking to hermits. <laughs> just, just meeting <laughs> random strangers. Various <laughs> crazy persons. <laughs> All right, now we continue down the trail with a determination as yet unmatched in our lives. Uh, here to, heretofore, is that the like word? Like we've never had before. Yes, like we've never had before. In your inspection of the various structures that you pass by, you run into a few people in their houses. Some of them greet you, let you in for dinner, and talk to you about life in the mountains, but you don't learn any new interesting information. One of them warns you about you know the dangerous monsters always on the prowl. Keep a lookout for anything in the woods or anything flying through the sky, so on. Hmm. But you also notice that a lot of like the hunters' areas or the logging camps and so forth are generally empty. So it looks like people probably have packed up those places and went to warmer lands for the winter. Ah, uh, okay. Hmm. Got it. So they're not, like, super abandoned. They're just out of season. Yeah. A few days into your journey, you come to a crevasse, some 40 feet across. Mm-hmm. Oh. Someone has felled a large tree such that the trunk spans the gap, but you question its stability on the rocks here. Mm. You there, what's your stability like? <laughs> <laughs> this also grants you your first real look down the mountainside. Mm. If you poke your head out over the crevice, you can see to the left and right, and you see you know, the wide fields of trees, farmlands in the distance, all spread out. You can probably see you know, 100, 120 miles in either direction. Mm. Wow. It's a grand view, if only it were a little bit wider. Mm. I say, Shaba, hold me out over the edge so I can get a better look. I do. Okay. I pretend like I'm flying. Whee! <laughs> you take in the beauty. Yeah. Airplane. You can write songs about it. Yes. <laughs> All right, now put me down. Uh, okay. You insist, I drop him. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> uh, slow. I guess Stripey's taking over the company. <laughs> he already is taking over the company from the inside. We all know it. <laughs> he is. He's, he's staging a coup. The badger behind the man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So I do not trust this tree. I think we should build a rickety rope bridge to cross instead. Rope bridges are fun. And rickety, usually. It's the kind of thing where you step on a plank and it just snaps, and you think you're going to go over, you know? And then you fall and grab onto the plank with your outstretched hand. Yeah, exactly. It goes, whoa, and the whole bridge, (laughs) like, inverts. Speaking of rickety rope bridges... You spot the remains of one such bridge. It looks what? like it broke oh. at some point, and a few boards are dangling down on either side, and the rest of it must have fallen into the crevasse. Uh. The tree is two feet in diameter at most, but also round and kind of mossy, so it doesn't look very steep comfortable to walk on. Guys, guys, I have an idea. This is the point in the campaign where we try to trivialize some of the content of the the dungeon master's throwing at us with some of the magical items he has given us, and Tokus <laughs> rolls up his sleeves, and I cast jump on myself. Mm. Okay. Okay. Will that even be enough? Well, does Longstrider help me in this situation? I mean, my gnomish rocket boots help me? I don't think so. It might help if you get a running start to increase your jump distance. I don't know. Yeah. A ten-foot run. I don't think it works like that. 
actually. I looked it up at one point. I mean, it is you do have to have a certain amount of movement before you jump, but it's inconsequential as far as your rocket boots are concerned. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So with the 10-foot run, you can jump a distance equal to your strength. With the jump spell, it, dub- or it triples that. So you can jump, what is that, 54 feet. Well, my strength is 19, right? Oh, uh, 19. Is it 19 or 18? Yeah, it's, it's 19. You're wow. Right. Yeah, it's a really weird and specific number. So in a roundabout way, those gauntlets helped your jumping. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he does like a, a, a Kong vault where he like, you know, jumps off with his hands. Yeah. He just does a handspring. Yeah, handspring. Right. There you go. So three times your strength is the distance that you can j- long jump? Well, with the spell. With, right. With the jump spell, yeah. It's the ring. Or no, the ring of jump. Yeah, this is the best thing that Tokus does, which is leaping. <laughs> yeah, and you've never really done it before. <laughs> I've not done this yet? No. We've talked about how long you can jump, but we've never... He jumped to bring down the goth. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you did high jump for that, yes. But long jump. So, wow, this is 57 feet is how much you can long jump right now? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Guys, tie Lubbock's lengthy line to me, and I'll take it to the other side. That was going to be my next yeah. question. And uh, hopefully not trip. Perfect. Yes. At which point, you will build a rickety rope bridge and send <laughs> it back across so that we may fasten it on both ends so that the other three of us can make it over the crevasse. Right? That's not a bad idea. What if he jumps across once, loops around a tree jumps back and loops it around a tree again and then ties it off and then we can walk across the tree and like and hold on to it essentially and it'll just like walk with us i don't know if that's necessary seems cool to m- in my head though giving yourself a railing mm. yes you guys could do the thing where you recline and put your legs over the rope and then you shimmy you, you right. know what i'm talking about mm. yeah. it's called something isn't it I believe it's shimmying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ninja uh, the legs over climb. your head climb. Yeah, you like lock your legs and then you do this. Hand over hand. Can't see you doing this. Our listeners can't see. <laughs> hand over hand and your legs are... Right, yeah. your legs, yeah. Hooked and you're upside down. Right, exactly. You're hanging like uh, like they were hanging off the spit in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> that the uh, the Ewoks tied them to. Now just random Star Wars. You know, I'm on a Star Wars stint today. Guess what I got with the winter sale? The Disney Plus subscription? Uh, what winter sale? GOG? No. The uh, Epic Store. I bought Star Wars Squadrons. And I was flying around in a TIE fighter. And, and I said it. There's like an immersive mode where you have to push more buttons. <laughs> and I picked that mode where it doesn't give you all the different HUD stuff. That's, that sounds like the, the type of mode that you would play. <laughs> just, you're just furiously pressing buttons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it just makes it more interactive cockpit experience. And I just felt so good flying around in this TIE fighter just do, 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 for the Emperor. Blasting Rebel. Oh, man. And you can play it in VR, apparently. Wow. That would be something. But anyway, I like Aslo's idea. Tie it onto the tree. Give me the other end. I'll fly across the chasm and tie it to something else. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Preferably along the same line as the felled trees so that we have both to go with. So we walk across the felled tree with Lobbock's lengthy line as our guide. Exactly. Our handhold. But then how do we get the other end of Lobbock's lengthy line? Do we... Do, does the command word untie it? No. No, but we can have one person, whoever's last, probably me, because I'm the lightest, will untie it on this end and 
tie it around myself and then go across. And if you guys need to, you'll pull me the rest of the way. <laughs> if we need to, we'll let you pendulum swing and smack <laughs> into the side of the chasm. <laughs> I guess so. You know, Tokus's jump lasts for a minute. Oh, yeah, so he and can... Can't you do it at will? There's no limit, is there? He can jump back across. Oh, okay, yeah, so Tokus just jumps back, unties it, and jumps across. Okay. All right, cool, we do that. Anything happen? Do we need to make any checks? Oh, I could roll low, though. D- don't I have a chance to not pass this? No, you're good. <laughs> you're just jumping. Honestly, with how far you can jump, you could jump 10 feet before you get to the ledge and land almost 10 feet past the other side. Yeah. So you're not really in any danger of slipping and falling that way. I think if you had calculated this prior to creating this adventure, you would have created a chasm far larger than this. <laughs> All right. So Tokus backs up and charges, and I'll let you be the DM for a moment here. For a moment? Thanks. <laughs> for a moment. Oh, appreciate it. And that. I pass you the DM stick. <laughs> <laughs> so Tokus, with all of his heavy armor clanking and his gear you know, weighing him down and everything, takes a run towards the cliff, leaps, and goes flying gracefully through the sky, and then lands on the opposite side and tumbles through the grass and dirt and bushes. It's like a meteor hitting the earth. Wow! <laughs> make a very loud noise when you land. Oh yeah. Can he do a superhero landing? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up on one knee. The three-point landing. That's where yeah. the gauntlet actually comes in and I make a crater. <laughs> yeah, that's a terrible way to land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. You break your ankle. Break all your bones. Yeah. I really should make a nice roll like you suggested and not take damage. I also think you probably should wear a cape from now on. Mm. Um, because if True. you can jump like that, why would you not wear a cape? <laughs> yeah, so. why did I bother getting long strider? I should just use my turns to jump. To jump. Yes. Uh, you can't jump farther in around than your total movement. Oh, so this is outside of combat. I can do this outside of combat, but in combat I can't do this? In combat, you'd have to use your dash action also in order to give you enough movement to make the jump that long. Yeah, otherwise you stop in the middle of the jump and just hang in the air until it's your turn again. <laughs> no, otherwise you just land at the end of that distance. No, you just ju- don't jump as far. That's what the rules say. You just can't jump longer than your speed. I guess because they ran into this issue of fighters getting jump and being strong. Because during playtesting you have to conceive of every possible scenario for breaking the game in half. Well, because they don't want to have someone end a turn while they're in midair in a jump Yeah, because mm. they ran out of movement. My jumps are so long. They're just longer than six seconds. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright, so we do that. Yep. Do we have to make checks? Well, he gets across and he ties the rope. Are you gonna just have the one rope there and then everyone else goes across on that? Mm-hmm. If it's long enough, why not bring it back across so we have two ropes? On one on either side of us as like a double handhold. Yeah, it would. Well, it would take more time. So, and we only have a minute for his jump spell. Well, he can cast it in as many times as he wants. Oh wait, so we're not going to do the plan, which was lock legs and go hand over hand and go like this. No, I just want to walk along the log with one rope to hang to hold. Yeah, we said felled tree rope going across it so that we can walk on the thing and hold onto the rope as a handrail. Oh, we're gonna gotcha. I, I didn't realize I was... You guys can use the tree. Yeah, yeah, you don't need to. It's just an extra safety measure. Okay. Um, who's the next one across, then? That'd be me. Shabbos. You sure you don't want to have the lighter folks go first while the 
trees still intact? <laughs> uh, pretty sure, yeah. I think, as usual, the heaviest should go to make sure that it's <laughs> able to carry that much weight. Well, I'll test the tree, and Tokus touches the tree, and it immediately falls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think I want to have Stripey on me in some way, going across. Slung over your shoulders? You can probably walk across it without much difficulty. But still, maybe it's best if we go separately. How heavy is Stripey? I have a weight of 52 pounds listed for Stripey, but I'm not sure if that was before or after he grew. See, I'm scared that you're looking at weights, Thane. <laughs> I think that was before. So Shaba plus Stripey plus all of your equipment would come to somewhere around like 550 pounds. All right, Stripey's going separately. I will go first, <laughs> and then Stripey will come after that. <laughs> Shaba, you sure you don't want me to do another pass with the rope? Uh, no, I'm not sure about that, but we only have a minute, right? No, he can cast it as many times as he wants. He can keep on jumping. Oh. It's on a ring. I can just keep jumping. Oh, okay. All right, never Sweet. mind. And yes, I would like two ropes, please. I would like a handhold for my left and a handhold for my right. That'd be great. So you get all that set up. You tie off the rope on both ends. So you have two handholds. Shaba's going across, leaving Stripey behind you. Yeah, Stripey is on the opposite shore, so to speak, with Aslo. Hmm. While you're crossing, I would like you to give me an acrobatics check and a perception check. Oh boy, which one first? Oh no. Uh, do the acrobatics first. Okay. We set this up so perfectly. You do have inspiration, don't forget. <laughs> That's true, okay. Oh, can he rub the rabbit foot? Is there, is there time? There's not time because I've just rolled. You're not likely to actually fall off with the two ropes there. I don't think that's going to happen, but you might slip. Okay. Uh, my acrobatics is an 18. So yeah, you keep your footing pretty well. You've reached a few slippery spots of moss, but they don't manage to knock you off your feet. All right. And my percept is a 16. As you get about halfway across the bridge, you see out of the corner of your eye up in the sky a few dark shapes that just come out from over the tree line and then start making their way towards you. Oh, I see uh, oh, I don't know what that is, but it's coming this way. Aslo, Tokus, take out your ranged weapons. We've got incoming. I do. Incoming? Incoming. Incoming. Look, from the clouds. Cloud beasts. Let's roll initiative. Oh, no. Yarg. Oh, oh, oh. Do a barrel roll. Yipes. Stripes. <laughs> Fruit stripes go. Oh, no. Aslo got a 12. I rolled Natty Twunzos for both me and Stripey. What? Rigged? No, what? it's true. I rolled Show a us dude. the dice. Cheaty face. On my two dice, I got a 13 and a 20. And then I immediately rolled Stripey's die, and I got a unicorn. And that is also a 20. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. You get two rolls. You finally remember that you're a ranger. That's right. I did. Okay, so <laughs> it wasn't really that you got two Natty Twins. You got a 13 and a 20. I got a 13, a 20, and then another 20. We don't call them 20s anymore. Just like everything, we call them twins. We shortcut twins. everything. Yes, yes. Natty Twins. One Natty Twin, and then one Twin came from your advantage, technically. Right. So that would put me at a 23 and Stripey at a 20. Okay. And Tokus? Yeah, not a natural 20, but a 20 nonetheless. Since Tokus and Stripey tied, I'm going to have Stripey go first, since that'll put him with 
Shaba. Okay, cool. You spot them, let's say you're 20 feet away from the opposite, from both ends of this. So I'm right in the middle, smack dab. Right in the middle. And looking off to the side, you don't have a very open view of the sky, considering all the trees around, but you see currently four of these beasts. You take a, a good look at them, and they at first appear to be maybe dragon-like, but then you realize that they have bodies more like lions. Uh, you can give me a check to see if you know what these things are. I will certainly do that. Can we all check, or is this a Shaba only, since this is a perception? Uh, he's the only one who can see it right now. Guys, I'm a good ranger. I got a 23 on my ranger ch- on my nature check. So you recognize these as manticores. Manticores! Wow! Manticores! What you know of them, they have the body of a lion, the wings of a dragon, and a some, somewhat more human-like face on their heads. Hmm. They also have powerful spines on their tails that they can fling at their targets from a distance. Oh my gosh, yeah, they have got like a scorpion tail. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Yikes. Google has some great images of manticores in case anybody yeah, was they really do. wondering or wanting to get a visual on these guys. You also know that they are relatively intelligent as monsters go and yeah. can speak but may or may not care to. So, we begin with Shaba. I will move 20 feet immediately. <laughs> to the opposite edge. Shaba, come on. Tokus is like trying to Come on, buddy. You can do it. Mm. Are you sure you don't want a double move? Uh, well, I don't know. How far does movement get me? If you want to walk carefully along this one, you'd move at half speed. Okay. So that would get you, I guess, 15 feet, unless your speed's increased. Can I make an acrobatics check to walk normally? Yeah. Okay, I'll rub the lucky rabbit's foot as a bonus action. No, 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 because I want to save that for my marking. So I will use my session insp to make an acrobatics check with advantage. Okay. Does that sound good, guys? We, are we on the right track here? Yeah, I, I like this. So otherwise, you might fall into the chasm and we're out of the Shaba <laughs> yeah. for the rest of this fight and the rest of our lives. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, unfortunately... Did you roll low on the... No. I rolled both eights. Total? No, no, no. Uh, eights on the dice. So that would put my totals at 11s. Double 11s. I don't think an 11 is enough to let you speed across. Mm. But I will say, since you've got the two ropes there, it's also not enough to make you fall to the bottom. Okay. So <laughs> you're trying to run along, and then you, you lose footing for a second, and you kind of oh, oh. fall heavily over onto one of the ropes and Ooh. kind of dangling over the pit. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, so then I suppose Yikes. I will take a, a dash action to, or, or move, move, right? Is that it's just another move? It's, yeah, your dash action to move again. Okay, yeah. yeah. I guess it's just weird to say dash because you're going to be taking it cautiously, right? Right, right. It doesn't fit the... the dash slowly. Yes, I slowly dash to the uh, opposite <laughs> end. And then I dive into the bushes there and say, Tokus, protect me. No, just kidding. I'll get to the opposite end and then I will point toward the sky and get ready to mark as a bonus action. But I'm not going to mark anybody yet because I don't know who's coming first. And I don't have my bow out. You don't really use your bonus action for much else, so why not wait? Yeah. I can't take my bow out as a bonus action, can I? Uh, as an item interaction. You can pull your bow out. Yeah, be your only item interaction. All right, I'll take my bow out then. And I'll say, Kavaki, guide my hand in these trying times. And I will end my turn. 
I guess I didn't say, but at the moment they are about like 150 feet away or so, up diagonally to the side. But they're coming in hot, I imagine. They are flying in fairly quickly, yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, Stripey? Stripey will stay over with Aslo. (laughs) And he's going to crouch down and get ready to pounce if any of the manticores come close to Aslo. He's going to be like Aslo's guard dog. Ooh, okay. I like that. I was going to tell him to just go ahead and make his way over the log. <laughs> just, just go ahead no. and get snatched up by one of those guys. But I'm okay with that, yeah. <laughs> He's Aslo's guard badger. And he will ready an action for... As soon as he can make a melee attack against a mant. Stripey has concluded his turn. Um, took us. So, uh... Unfortunately that you said 150 feet Has that number changed since Shaba took his turn or no? <laughs> no Okay, so I can't reach them with any of my attacks But I think this is a good instance for Tokus to Ready the Vilapult 5,000 It has to be 5,001 so that it is technically better than Mechalola mm. <laughs> it's too bad I can't throw this the crystal across the chasm to you so you can insert it in your vial pool and make it more powerful. You're on the same side as me. Oh, that's right. Tokus, here's the crystal. I jumped across, then I jumped back, <laughs> then I jumped across. I was looking at, at the, the picture through Stripey's eyes still. I'm also a warg, and so I can like, go into Stripey's body and uh, do that. So, As an item interaction, can I take the crystal from Shaba? Uh, he doesn't have it ready. You'd have to like search through his pack. Oh. Tokus, the case is in my pack. It's an invasion of privacy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're entering my personal no. bubble. So, nah, I don't think so. Hmm, we might need that crystal. Tokus, just dump out my pack on the ground. And I push over his pack. (laughs) (laughs) Everything just falls out. Desperate times. (laughs) Dumps it over the edge of the cliff. (laughs) No, 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 not that way. (laughs) Oops. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And then Shava stumbles after and then falls off the cliff. Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Put the rope tied around his ankle, which is also tied to Tokus, and he falls. Whoa. (laughs) Tokus sees the coils uncoiling. (laughs) (laughs) He's, like, trying to untie the knot around his ankle. (laughs) Sweat. (laughs) just goes flying off (laughs) (laughs) which is tied to the rope is like like somehow snaps and goes off the the tree branch which which then snaps and (laughs) flings across the chasm and stripey jumps in after you like Shaba no and then the manticores dive down Uh, (laughs) it all just happens so quickly that would happen to the triple A team yeah Thane didn't have a chance to stop it that all is canon that all happened yep it's too late Uh, alright so uh, what really happens yeah that's a great question Uh, if you're trying to get to the crystal, I'll say you can ready your attack and reach into his pack and pull out the box. And Tokus starts to go dark Tokus as he thinks about getting to touch the crystal again. Aslo. What's their sort of formation? Uh, kind of diamond-shaped. One in the lead, mm. two on the side, one in the back. Um, it's a classic. Yeah, semi-close together or spread out? The first one's probably about 140, 150 feet away. And then the two on the sides are maybe 15 feet Diagonally back. Okay. And then, again, 15 feet to get to the last one. Okay. It's a classic Diamante pattern, common among manticores. <laughs> Ripping a page out of the old playbook. Yeah. Couldn't have drawn it up better myself. 
Basically, I'm just wondering if I should ready Thunderwave or Hypnotic Pattern. Thunderwave is a 15-foot cube right in front of me. Hypnotic Pattern is a 30-foot cube at range 120 feet. How does Hypnotic Pattern work with flight? Essentially, it's just a, a flash of an image. So if they're within the 30-foot cube, when I cast it, the image flashes, they make the check, and then if they fail, they're charmed. They're falling. They can still fly. What type of check is it? What type of save? A wisdom save. Wisdom, okay. If they're semi-intelligent, as Thane mentioned, then they, they might, might have be a strong semi <laughs> Yeah, they might be semi-wiz <laughs> yeah. as well. Uh, actually, and Sean, that's a good point, because they're... They become charmed for the, dur- the duration. Their speed becomes zero, and they become incapacitated. Right, but that's not how gravity works. Their speed will actually quickly increase from... To terminal velocity. <laughs> 9.8 meters per second squared, but, like, they can't stop. They're in flight towards us. Yeah, I think flight just becomes falling. But, Togus, the twist ending of this podcast, this adventure, is that Grisanth is actually a super dense gravitational planet. So 9.8 meters per second squared is nowhere near terminal velocity. It's felt normal to us this whole time. <laughs> right, because <laughs> so we we're used to it. Exactly. Our lungs are adjusted to this much gravity, yeah. Right, right. And our strength, yeah, our bones, Bone skeletal muscles. structure. Mm. Yes, if you are flying and you have your speed reduced to zero, or you're otherwise deprived of the ability to move, then the creature falls, unless it has the ability to hover or is being held aloft by magic, such as the fly spell. Mm. Wow. So they drop from the sky, assuming that you can surpass their wisdom. This could be a very powerful play from Aslo. Yeah, that seems like a, uh, what do you call that, like a... uh, High risk, high reward? High risk, high reward type of play. Yeah. I mean, but even if you only hit one of them with it, it might just die or take heavy damage. Yes, it could just straight up kill it. Yeah, or essentially knock it out for the entire battle. So I'm going to ready Hypnotic Pattern. (laughs) <laughs> What's the spell save DC on that? 15. Okay. Does it benefit from higher levels? That's already my highest level spell slot, level 3. Okay. Can you shoot web into the air and not at a target? Uh, I think, you know, you have to pinpoint the ground with web. I think it had to, like, attach to things in order to be effective. Yeah, same with uh, spike growth, of course. You can shoot a web that's not anchored, but... It collapses at the start of your next turn, mm. so it only lasts one round. Okay, okay. But again, the same question applies. If you shoot a web and it hits, then do they lose the ability to fly? Yeah. Web causes restraint, does it not? Restrained, correct. Yeah, if it becomes restrained, then I believe restrained does reduce your speed to zero also. Hmm. Yeah, that might be a cool use of web as they come in closer. Yeah. That would only be for one round. Yeah, that's actually... We have options here. That's a good yeah, idea. I think that is a good idea. Does readying your action only take up your action, or is it your whole turn? It's an action to ready an action. Okay. In that case, I will Bardic Inspire uh, Shaba. Okay. Shaba, your ability to shoot with a bow really good is only rivaled by Stripey's hunger for dog treats. I know. <laughs> And that ends my turn. So what did we do to make the manacores bad anyway? Did we step in their nest while they weren't looking or something? (laughs) Well, at least Chaba knows that manticores are just predators. Oh, they're hungry. Mm. Yeah, we're food. We're just food. That's all. It's nothing deeper than that. They're predators and they enjoy hunting and killing. Mm -hmm. So whether they're hungry or not, they might just be hunting you for sport. You don't know. Just like lions, they enjoy just 
running things mm. down and killing them. Don't we all? We do. We do. So I guess as soon as I get within 120 feet, what triggers? Uh, hypnotic pattern. That's going to be the hypnotic pattern and firebolt also. You could potentially catch all four of them if they stay in that formation and move in range that way. Okay. But again, we're concerned that they have a high wisdom and we're not sure that all of them are going to drop. Nope, but the more that we can we can hit, the better. Alright, so I'm going to have the firebolt first. Yep, firebolt. Oh, dang. I rolled a seven. Oh, oh, man. Is that with the crystal? Or did you not power it up? I couldn't get to the crystal. Did you actually dump out my pack, or was that... I, I did dump out your pack, and I, I ruffled through. <laughs> okay. I got to the box. All right, so all my stuff isn't actually on the ground. I just want to no. be sure about that. Okay, cool. I mean, I did hastily rummage through your pack, but... Right. I'll fix it later. It's okay. So it might be disorganized. Sorry. I like to keep my pack very orderly. <laughs> so I don't accidentally put spices when I'm cooking for you. Does Stripey keep it all orderly when he lives inside of your pack? No, I have to reorganize. Yeah, I mean, you've seen me every single night when we make camp. I'm reorganizing my pack. I take everything out. I <laughs> set it all up nice and neat rows, and then I pack it back up. Aslo, I guess cast your spell. Yes. Or I guess, no, you cast your spell. I'll do the saving throws. Yep. And the DC is, what again? Uh, it's So that's 10 plus my modifier, which is 5. Or does it add my proficiency bonus? Is it 8? Proficiency. It's 8. Eight plus proficiency plus... Okay, so eight. then 16. So 16. Oh, hope he fails some of these. Want to see some of these manacores fall. <laughs> I just want to know what happens. We've never had this happen before. <laughs> amazingly, I rolled terribly. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa, that's not so amazing, Payne. That seems to happen pretty often. <laughs> so... My highest roll was a 13. What? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. What? <laughs> so your pattern flashes in the sky, and the four manticores are dazed and begin to drop. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Wow. You've become a very powerful wizard. <laughs> yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> Hypnotize. Oh, man. So now we won't be able to see them coming when they inevitably swoop up from within the chasm. <laughs> uh, the question is, do they hit bottom before they regain their power of flight? I think Thane's trying to figure this out right now. Yes, uh, I believe you're right. <laughs> I think it's deeper than... They will fall. Uh, one round of falling. Mm. Mm. But will they break out of the hypnotic pattern's effects in time? Find out next time on the Damage <laughs> Guild Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>